my Roll sleeves. Roll the sleeves and get to work, Ryan. Here we Ryan. go. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Preview Review, the movie trailer podcast. I'm Tyler Ellison here, as always, with my co-host Ryan Toon. Hey, hey, what's what's good, people? Ryan, talk to the people. You know, share some of your insight. What's going on? I'm just living my life. It's summertime. Movies are back in full swing. I saw Quiet Place two recently, and it felt like. Things were kind of back to normal. It was a kind of a packed theater, and I didn't feel nervous for my health or safety. Yep. Yeah, and the movie was really good. Yeah. We didn't schedule a Ryan's Review Roundup for today's episode. Oh, we episode, were supposed to, because there's a lot. You can let me know what you thought of <laughs> Quiet Place 2. I don't know if you can tell me off the top of your head what other movies you've seen that we've right. previously preview reviewed. Let's see. We'll start with A Quiet Place 2. It was a lot of fun. Um, it, it It's nonstop thrill ride, I think. Keeps you on the edge of your seat. And honestly, I just really enjoyed being back in a theater experiencing a film like that with people. That was really fun. And this, I mean, I know we've had some of these scheduling changes throughout COVID, but that might have been the longest that we went between preview reviewing a movie and then actually seeing it in theaters. Because we preview reviewed that in March of 2020. And it was supposed to come out in like April or March of, of that year, right? <laughs> and we just saw it like this last week Well, or it's two. very good. You should all go see it if you haven't already. Um, well, let's see. You saw Spiral. Yeah, from we the saw Book of Spiral saw. together. It was my first Saw movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I was I was a little worried going in because the reviews didn't look great, and I just heard that the Saw movies had devolved into torture porn. But no, this was fun. I liked the detective element of it, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, fun horror film. In fact, I think you've seen all of the other movies that we previewed reviewed on this last episode. Cruella, Army oh. of the Dead, Woman in the Window. It's true. Cruella is a lot of fun, too. I've been saying that a lot recently, but um, it's a good twist on the Disney origin villain. It's like it, it's more inspired by Cruella than it's like trying to be a prequel to 101 Dalmatians. And I like that they're taking it in their own direction. I liked the fun heist aspect of the film, which I didn't think was going to happen. Um, I really enjoyed the performances from Emma Thompson and um, Emma Stone and Paul Walter Hauser and Joel Fry. They all did great. Um, a lot of good fun. Um, then I saw Army of the Dead, which is slow and it has a lot of potential, but it doesn't realize it and you can skip it. <laughs> then I saw The Woman in the Window. It's not good. Um, but Amy Adams is good in it, so... Amy Adams is a good actress, but the movie is a bad movie. I also saw Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, you did? That's <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. Fun monster time for all. Um, and I saw Jack, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I think is a vast improvement over the original and honestly one of the best DC films in years. The only thing that's going against it for me is the runtime. It's four hours long. I understand if you can't commit to that. Great. This has been Ryan's ultimate review roundup. <laughs> roundup. Uh, do you have any thoughts on any of those films? I know you've seen a couple, not all of yeah, them. Yeah, I saw... I mean, I loved Quiet Place. I thought it was super good. Um, I also enjoyed Spiral, but I'm a fan of the franchise. But I do think if you liked Spiral, you will enjoy some of the earlier Saw films. But not all of them. Um, <laughs> and I really want to see Cruella, but have yet to have that happen. So, mm. Highly recommend. I don't know if it's worth the 30 bucks on Disney+, Plus, but it's definitely worth like the $15 movie ticket. I've seen a lot of Gen Xers on my Facebook feed say that Cruella has a really good soundtrack. Oh, my mom loved the soundtrack okay. for Cruella. It's for the Gen Xers. Yes, my mom is Gen X and she loved it. 
I thought it was a little much at times because it's like we're a uh, punk inspired and set in the 70s. So every chance we have, we're going to throw in like a hit from the 70s. And for a while it was fun. And then it got like annoying because it was so much. And then it went away for a while. And then it came back at the end and I was like, oh, an old friend. So it was oh, like so a weird journey. Full circle. Yes. Where it, like overstated its welcome. And then when it returned, you were like happy for it. Exactly. Great. Yeah, I did. I've only gotten a taste of it, but I was at, I did go to the drive-in theater and they have two screens. I was in the other screen, but Corell was playing on the, oh, on the one behind you, one behind me. And I did over here cause I went to the bathroom after my movie ended. Corella was just ending mm. and the final scene of Corella was playing and I got that little sympathy for the devil. Oh, track which plays under yes. that final scene which i thought was an interesting choice and i thought about it the entire way to and from the bathroom and then i realized that it's because you know deville yes, devil exactly I, then i got it the it whole clicked. point of the movie <laughs> is for you the audience to sympathize with the deville it's it's kind of on the nose the soundtrack i truly didn't understand it until i got all the way back to my car and i was like oh now i get it Thanks, Ryan. The Thanks movies always for are back, and Ryan's review roundup is back. Yeah, I think this is the first time in a while that we've been able to like knock out just like using all of the movies. That's true. Well, half the of them episode. were from Netflix, so well they're accessible. But I mean, yeah, it's great. We're going back to the theaters. It's a fun time for all. It is. I've been getting the mozzarella. Except sticks. maybe the theater employees. Except that one time I went to the theater. And they burnt the popcorn and the fire alarm <laughs> you, went off. Do you think the theater employees are as excited that people are coming back to the theaters? Like, you know, like how when Disneyland reopened, the cast members were like crying. They were so happy for people to be back in the parks. I feel like theater employees are like, ugh. Well, I, I talked to a, a theater employee about this the other day while I was waiting for like my chicken strips or something. And she was telling me she is excited for more people to come back. But mainly she's more excited that more movies are coming back. Like, she was really happy. It was the weekend that Cruella and Quiet Place 2 came out, and she was excited that both those movies are out. She had only seen one of them, and she was excited to see the other one. And she's like, a lot of people are going to see these, and they look like they're having a good time. So I think she's happy that movies are coming back, and people mm. are enjoying them. But I don't know if she's happy that she has to, like, clean up around people. with the people. Yeah, but sure. she's happy that people are happy. Well, and also they have to do so many modifications, like... If I was a theater employee that got assigned to, like, fill everybody's soda at the fountain because they can't do that themselves right now, I'd be like, nah. Nah. I think that's one of the easiest jobs. I would take that in a heartbeat. It'd be so fun. I want to hear everyone's embarrassing Coca-Cola freestyle order. Like, oh, you want, like, one quarter ice and then half cherry vanilla Coke Zero, half cranberry Sprite. <laughs> well, like, yeah. That, I, if everybody orders sort of like me, like, oh, yeah, just a large Coke with ice, and I don't really care how much ice you put in it, like, that's fine. But I know how particular some people can be, and I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> I think it would be really fun to hear people's orders, but then I wouldn't be happy when they come back when and they're like, unsatisfied. This is not enough Sprite. <laughs> I wouldn't like that part. I want you to make me a suicide. The exact specifications of Kristen Wiig in the intro scene of Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Mm, uh, I'd go, I don't know. I don't, uh, it's a freestyle machine, <laughs> You want a specific drink? The MacGuffins is over there. Talk to the bartender. <laughs> well, let's jump into today's episode, shall we, Ryan? Let's do it. On today's episode of Preview Review, we will be discussing the trailers for the upcoming films In the Heights, F9... Luca and Zola. 
If you don't know what F9 means, don't worry. We'll tell you when we get to that. <laughs> I just, I was just thinking like, how many people do you think if you just walked onto the street and were like, are you excited about F9? Man, how many of them F9? do you think would be like, what are you talking about? Did I just have a stroke? It's true. Are you talking about the keyboard? Yes, the like, key the F9. Key on my keyboard? How, do you think people know they have a key on their keyboard called F9? I think more people know they have a key on their keyboard called F9 than know there is a movie coming out called F9 and what that means. Mm, we'll have to do a survey. When you see <laughs> F9, what do you think of the upcoming movie or the key on your keyboard? And most of these films that we're talking about today are going to theaters because, like we said, theaters are back. Except, oh, poor Luca. Well, Disney... Being relegated to the realms of Disney+. Plus. Disney's been doing this only. with uh, their movies recently. They're putting it on Disney+, Plus for the premiere access, but... With the Pixar ones, like Soul and Luca, you just get them for the price of your Disney yeah. Plus subscription, which is like a weird And like Corella's like Premier Access or in theaters, but Luca, they're like, nah, just Disney Plus. For free. I'm like... Sad. I don't understand the business model, but I'm sure enough families watched Soul or like got Disney Plus for Soul that like this makes sense to do it for Luca. Like yeah, financially. I guess so. And maybe Corella is like not that same, like doesn't appeal to those same people, well, but I don't know. The thing about a Pixar movie like this is, like, kids love to rewatch things over and over again. Right. But don't you think you'd want to have people pay to do that? I don't get the the free model. Yeah. I don't understand I don't why know. Bob Chapek, explain your streaming strategy to me. And even, like, if it was on Disney+, Plus, I feel like I would still want the opportunity to go see it in theaters, especially because the Pixar animation, like, looks so cool all exactly. the time. And, like, that is some of the cool stuff to see on the big screen. Yeah, like, that's one of my favorite things about the HBO Max deal is that if I want to see it in the theater, I can go see it in the theater. But if I think, oh, this movie looks like I could have a good time with it at home, or it doesn't look that great, but I want to see a new movie, I'll just put it on on HBO Max. Like, I like having the option. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that brings us to our opening question, Ryan. There have been a lot of movies, especially recently, that have gone straight to streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. And if you could pick any of those and just, you know, you... Reverse time. As an executive producer, uh, just fund it for a wide release in theaters so you can go watch it on the big mm -hmm. screen, what would you pick? I thought about this for a good two minutes, and then I figured it out. The perfect answer. Eric Andre's Bad Trip. It's a very sweet, but very hilarious prank movie, and I think it would be maximum like enjoyment in a theater hearing people cackle and laugh at this hilarity that's ensuing on screen. Um, you just don't get that when you're at home with a couple people. I watched this at you with you at your home, and we had fun with it. But I think it would be a completely different experience if we saw it in a theater like full of people enjoying like belly-busting laughs. I totally agree. And you know what? My pick is actually very similar. Because I thought Borat's subsequent movie film would be Ooh. amazing to watch in theaters. It's kind of also a prank movie. It is, definitely. Like a scripted prank movie, basically. And just having people... like I remember, I think I watched... I definitely watched Bruno in theaters. I might have seen the first Borat in theaters. And... But, like, any of these types of movies where it's just this sudden, unexpected comedy from these real-world situations are always so fun in theaters because people are, like, having the same response to, like, watching mm -hmm. what happens. And especially, like, the last, like, 20 to 30 minutes of Borat's subsequent movie film, I think would just be hilarious to watch in a theater with everybody because just so much gets unfolded very quickly. Yes. That's interesting because, I don't know, I thought about Borat, but I was like, the last... 30 minutes could be pretty tense and maybe a little uncomfortable. I don't know if I want to sit in that with strangers. So that's why I went with Bad Trip. But I agree. I think it would be a wonderful time. I really enjoyed both of those movies. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I, the only time I came close to like having a theater laugh at the same joke like was during, oddly enough, when I saw Demon Slayer the movie in theaters. Like It wasn't like a joke that happened in Cruella or, or like, I don't know, the comedies haven't been coming out to theaters. Um, but we all laughed at like something this anime boy said at, in the theater, but there were only like 12 of us in the theater, so it didn't have the same like, effect. Not the same feel. Yeah, but it was like, oh, that's nice. We all enjoy it. We all understand these characters. This is kind of fun. We're all in it together. But I wanted that on a larger scale, and it's hard for to do that when you're a, like a niche anime movie. Yeah, I totally think either of these movies would be super fun to watch in theaters. Like the Bad Trip Gorilla scene, I can already hear the theater <laughs> <laughs> just losing its mind. I was thinking about the scene where he like falls off the bar. I think that's that'd so be good. fun. Well. Sadly enough, we don't have the money, nor the power, nor the time. And we don't own a theater. To be able to do this, and so we'll have to just rewatch it on streaming platforms. Yeah, on our just, phones. Just the smallest pretend. screen possible. <laughs> just pretend you're surrounded by a bunch of strangers laughing. Maybe you maybe if you like watch the movie and you just put in like a one, laugh track. one AirPod and just have like a laugh track kind of Lightly mm. play in the background. It would give you some... Like ambient noise. Something like but that. But it's a laugh track. <laughs> or... But you also don't want the laugh to be poorly timed. So I feel like you have to have it streaming on your phone. One AirPod in. Laugh track queued up but not playing. And then you have like a trigger button that you mm. can just like... Whenever there's a joke, you hit the button. Like a... Like 15 Burnham, seconds of Like at the laughter. beginning of Inside. Exactly. That's exactly. perfect. You, you did it again, Bo. You inspired us. Wow. Truly. Well, let's talk about the first trailer... On our docket for today, in the Heights. Mm. This is gonna be a summer blockbuster. Whoa! From the mind of Lim Emanuel Miranda, creator of Hamilton, and in the Heights. and he said, "You want to make Hamilton in a movie? You have to make my other musical into a movie." And they said, "Fine." Well, this is done by uh, what studio is this? Universal. Yeah, Universal. I'm just confused about the rights because, like, Disney Plus has Hamilton. Yeah, Disney. Disney snuck Hamilton out from under the bus from them. But I definitely remember like reading something about the reason In the Heights is getting made into a movie before Hamilton is because Lemon Well has always had it like if anybody wants the rights to Hamilton, like they're gonna have to make In the Heights into a movie first. Interesting. Maybe Universal will get the like actual film like adaptation rights to uh-huh. to Hamilton and Disney just has the that like rights recorded to the, performance. Yeah, Broadway performance. That's interesting. Because that happens sometimes they split that up. I mm-hmm. don't know. But this movie looks really good. Um the music is already catchy. I've never heard the soundtrack, but what I've heard from the trailers, I'm like, oh yeah, I can tell that I'm going to be grooving to these songs. Definitely. It seems like the story is, or wait, we didn't oh, do wait, the director like, starring. Yeah. Or, it or comes out on June 10th. It's directed by John M. Chu, who's directed Crazy Rich Asians. And it stars Anthony Ramos, Corey Hawkins, Leslie Grace, Melissa Barrera, Daphne Ruben Vega, Jimmy Smith, Stephanie Beatriz, and of course, Limuel Miranda. Yes. So um, the plot of this movie is basically, from what I'm getting from the trailers, is Anthony Ramos is telling the story like as a framing device to these little kids and it's about them trying to fight for their neighborhood as it becomes more and more gentrified i think that's what's going on yeah this is i was gonna say this trailer is very much more of a like mood and feel trailer than it is like yeah actually telling you the like driving plot of the story because that's a lot of like you get a lot of the visual aspects a lot of great scenes of them like at the pool dancing and the block dancing and all this stuff and a little taste of like the way, because it's not formatted like a typical musical where there's like, you know, dialogue and then a, everybody breaks out into song. It seems like there's aspects of that, but it's also like the Hamilton where like 
even just the like plots of a scene are done through like kind of rapping and rhythmically like dancing and like just throughout a normal scene you know what i mean yeah like it's like everything about the movie is musical like there's it's a not constant just, like, kinetic energy yeah it's not just like back and forth between like normal movie musical number normal movie mm-hmm. musical number right so he's like opening up the shop at the beginning or whatever but it's like the gate is like sliding open to the beat of the music mm-hmm. and the key is like key turning is part of the music yes. and all that stuff Kinda is like, like embedded um, in it that sequence in baby driver when it's a little bit like coffee. baby driver yeah yeah have you seen the show in the heights no i haven't so again i get no like understanding of what the actual through plot of the movie is i just get that like it's basically about a group of people who seem like they have interlocking lives through i'm assuming what is this like corner store in this washington mm. heights neighborhood um and they're sort of like passion for their neighborhood and their environment and their community it seems yeah um and the interesting thing is like this whole group of people are all like are they all dominican is that right at least they're all connected well, to a lot the of them DR. are latinx of latinx heritage mm-hmm. i don't know i think some of them might be puerto rican because that's what limon miranda that's his ethnicity okay um and then there's definitely a black man in there yes yes but, but the, I don't know. It seems like what I'm getting from the glimpses in the trailer, like the story is like they're trying to keep the, their community in their neighborhood, like fighting against like gentrifying forces of like trying to like raise the housing prices or like raise taxes yeah. and stuff like that. Well, and they on also talks about, there's a lot of stuff about like dreams. Like he talks about like Suanito, which is mm-hmm. like Spanish for a little dream. And oh. he says like, I have a dream. And he's telling these kids in this framing device that like, you guys all have a dream. So it's something about mm-hmm. like, and then, they are trying to make a life, make a name for themselves, but being embedded in this context of this yes. community. And I think a lot of it is just that that's the general mood of the show because that's how Lin-Manuel wrote the show was like to as a point of pride for his neighborhood that he lived in growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what sort of the overall yes. and like, um, motif of this story is. I think John Chu is a great choice for directing because just in the scenes, you can tell it's like a heightened reality where things look fantastical and like po- bright colors that really pop. Like it fits the tone of the musical, I feel like. And it totally. fits like the idea of like, I'm telling you this story yeah. that's all about dreams. Yeah. Cause, and part of it again, like, because it's, this movie is about having pride in this neighborhood. Like, could you film this in a way that everything looks like gritty and like realistic New York take like a West Side Story type of thing? Sure. But like, but it wouldn't match really the tone. What no. you want to show? No, you want to show like a vibrant, colorful community. You need to so have you're a... going to have that sort of lens, that rainbow yes. lens a little bit. On Give me the an setting. extended synchronized swimming sequence. You can't get that in the gritty West Side Story yeah, verse. Exactly. But yeah. So overall, I think this movie looks like a lot of fun. I'm excited to hear the music because I haven't really listened to it before. I'm excited for the story. Um, I liked Anthony Ramos in uh, Hamilton, so I'm excited that he's the lead here. I think it's funny that Lin-Manuel is in it because I feel like his character isn't a big character, but he's like in every trailer and he's on the posters, and I just think that's kind of funny. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to expect from any of these characters that they're showing, really. But I'm excited to see sort of how the the plot uh, unfolds, I suppose. Um, but already I can tell just from the musical elements that you get in the trailer, the visual elements you get in the trailer, and the overall mood. Um, I'm going to enjoy this. I think it's going to be fun. And I think it's going to be, like like I said, a huge blockbuster, a huge hit. I think it's going to make a ton of money. And, you know, <laughs> with that Hamilton name recognition, anything 
Lemon Wells involved in is uh, going to turn to gold. Mm, that blank check. He's got it. Well, that was In the Heights. Our next trailer we're talking about, the long-awaited F9, right in between F10 and F8. This is actually Fast and the Furious 9. But they couldn't decide which F this stands for, so it's just F9. And then it's on not some fast posters, because that was says, Fast 5, but it's not Furious, because that was Furious 7. And it's not Fast so and Furious, because that's 6. Fast F, and Furious 6. Some other F word. F stands for family. family. But um, on a lot of the posters, it was a little confusing to people, because when the movie was first being promoted last year, it said F9, and then underneath it said The Fast Saga. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, is the movie like actually called The Fast Saga? And... Now, as more and more marketing has come out, this is a new branding that they're giving the Fast and Furious franchise, calling it the Fast Saga, trying to differentiate it from Hobbs and Shaw, the spinoff film. Oh, interesting. So, this is F9. You might see it on the posters as saying F9, the Fast Saga, but really, it's the ninth film in the Fast Saga, but it's the first film to talk about the franchise as a saga okay so it's like how the star wars films like the numbered episodes are part of the skywalker saga but then you also have like your rogue one and your solo which is like in the star wars universe but it's not a part of the main skywalker exactly i see but the name is stupid and it's nothing they could have come up with a way better name for this what happened to the good old subtitle like well they did that they already did that with tokyo they did it for tokyo drift and then all of a sudden they just started taking bits and pieces we're just we're gonna drop the the fast and furious we're gonna say fast five we're gonna say we're going back to fast and furious fast and furious and that's a six oh we're going to furious seven and then the fate of the furious Furious. because it's upon rhymes with eight well no because f8 if you push it together it's fate yes so like it's just bits and pieces of the original title of that movie that came back, like, it came out, what, like, 20 years ago? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, The Fast and Furious, the original <laughs> one is, like, from 2001 or 2002. Like, just put another name. Like, like I don't know. It's just so Just weird. call it Vin Diesel and his friends, like, do fun stuff with cars. Um, but anyway, what is this trailer all about? Um, I don't know. Well, F9 comes out on June 25th. It's directed by Justin Lin, veteran Fast and Furious director. He did Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six. He didn't do seven or eight. He left to go do Star Trek Beyond. Oh, which is kind of weird. Um, and you can kind of feel that like weird like Fast and Furious vibe and tone in Star Trek Beyond. Now that I'm looking back on it, um, it stars the whole family: Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Ludacris, newcomers John Cena. Um, old villains, Helen Mirren, Charlize Theron, and I don't know if Kurt Russell was in these movies before or not. I haven't gotten that far. Um, just a little background information for the viewers. I think we've talked about, or listeners, I think we've talked about how I've seen the first two Fast and Furious movies, but since then, I have now seen the first four. Oh, so you're getting up there. So I'm getting up there. I don't know if I'll be able to get the next four before June 25th, but I might be able to get... The next four before F9 leaves theaters. So that's my goal. Um, It looks like in this trailer, uh, John Cena shows up and he's being manipulated or he's being like an ally to Charlize Theron, who I know was the villain in Fate of the Furious. Um, Oh, just the last one. Yes. And John Cena is playing Vin Diesel's long lost brother. And the whole theme of family is like something that like permeates through the Fast and Furious franchise. So it's like, wait a minute. If he's really your family and you are all about family, what was everything all about anyway? Yeah. Um, so he's there and he's kind of the villain. Um, 
and they're doing stuff with magnets, and there's a giant train flip, and maybe they go to space, and this trailer's kind of all over the place. Oh, and the big thing, I, if it feels like I'm rambling, it's because it feels like this in the trailer. Um, but a big thing is a character who we previously thought was dead, Han, is actually alive, and he's going to be in this movie, but we don't know how he's alive. But this is something the Fast and Furious franchise has done multiple times. Michelle Rodriguez dies in the last movie I watched, Fast and Furious, but she's in this trailer, so she comes back in the future movies, I guess. Um, so, these movies are more fun than thought. You just enjoy yourself, you have a fun time, um, and this movie looks like it's a fun action-packed fuel time that'll get people back in the theaters, and that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I liked, I don't know, <laughs> this trailer's very weird, it's like tonally very weird like it's a lot of car action scenes and like you know what like super over dramatic dialogue and then it would like cut to a random scene with like Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson being the com comedic relief and then just go back to like another <laughs> car like blowing up or whatever I really liked the original trailer that dropped for this like a year ago where it was like all mysterious at the beginning and it was like some looming threat coming and it seemed like there was like they were going to be fighting vampires or some shit. Like, what? it felt like it was, like... Because it was, like, a super close-up shot on, like, Vin Diesel's, like, metallic cross. And it was, like... It totally looked like it was going to be, like, a supernatural take on the Fast and Furious franchise, which I still think would be super cool. But this seems like it'll be fine. I don't know. I've still never seen a single Fast and Furious movie, but I think it could be a fun experiment for this uh, podcast if, Ryan, you can catch up. Oh, and then we'll go see We'll nine. go see it. I'll still not watch any of them, and you will have seen all of them, and we'll try and compare notes and Ooh, see which one of us enjoys it more. This will be fun. Like, will you enjoy it more because you have the context, or will I enjoy it more because I'm not, like, entrenched in, like, understanding, burdened with the knowledge of all that has come before it? <laughs> I feel like just, like, being someone who enjoys movies and, like, someone that enjoys the internet, that I have gained a lot of knowledge about these films through osmosis. I, I kind of feel like I know what happens in the future movies, even though I haven't seen them. But the interesting thing is, like, I don't think I liked the first three, but I enjoyed number four. So if the trajectory stays on that path, I'm going to love nine. <laughs> it's going to be the best. So that's what I'm hoping for. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to expect, but we'll we'll see. I don't know. I do think... One thing I do expect is I think it's going to make a lot of money because these movies always make a, way more money than I expect them to. Yes, and it's already opened in China, one of its biggest markets. Um, there was a little controversy about their Chinese release and some things John Cena said, but that just affects the Chinese release and the Chinese box office. Have you heard about this? No. Oh, okay. So basically, John Cena went promoting the movie and he said to Taiwan, he said, you are the first country that's going to see this movie. But that's a big no-no because China doesn't recognize Taiwan as, as, an, a as a country. So the Chinese government and the Chinese people are like, you have to apologize for saying that. So then he does apologize for saying it in Mandarin, but he doesn't like come out and say why he's sorry. He's just say like, I'm sorry for like what I did. Like very vague apology. So now like the Chinese people are upset that he didn't apologize enough. And then the American people are upset that he even apologized at all because... Like, Taiwan should be recognized as its own country. Wow. So it's an international debacle. John Cena might have screwed this movie out of all its money. John Cena's ruining our freaking foreign relations. Wow. Are we going to go to <laughs> World War Three over F9? Thanks, John. <laughs> I thought he was just going to be some guy that we couldn't see. 
but everyone sees Everyone's him now. Seen him, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but as we mentioned before, this franchise has a whole bunch of stupid names that don't make sense. The naming convention is really dumb. But Tyler, did you know in Japan, it's not called the Fast and Furious franchise. It's called the Wild Speed franchise. No, but that's the best thing I've ever heard. These oh are God. the Wild Speed movies. I really wish they were still called that in, in America. America. It'd be so fun. I, I would much rather go see Wild, Wild Speed, Speed than Fast and Furious. It feels like it just conveys the tone of the movies a little bit more clearly. It definitely does. So the first one is called Wild Speed in Japan, where it's called The Fast and the Furious here. So going into our first game, I am going to give you the name of a Wild Speed movie, and you are going to attempt... To give me what the American title is. So the Fast and Furious version, not the Wild Speed version. Okay, okay, okay. And just to make sure I know the American names, we started off with the Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. and then it was the Fast and the Furious 2. Was no, that straight? Or Too just... Fast, Too Furious. Oh, Too Fast, Too Furious, obviously. How could you forget? And then... Tokyo Drift. Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Then we had just Fast and Furious. Yeah, drop no the buzz. buzz. It's cleaner. That's the fourth. And then Fast Five. Yes. Then... Fast and Furious 6. Yes. Then Furious 7. Then Fate of the Furious. Then F9. Yes. And don't forget okay. Fast and, and Furious Fast presents Prince, Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the f- first one's a freebie. I'm telling you the Fast and Furious is just called Wild Speed. Okay. So the first one that came out, the Fast and the Furious was Wild Speed. Yes. Got it. Okay. There's no, it's the next one, Too Wild, Too Speed. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> okay. Um, the first movie I will be giving you... The title of the Japanese version is called Wild Speed Euro Mission. Wild Speed Euro Mission. Hmm. I think this might be difficult because I haven't seen any of the movies. If I had to guess... Which one do they go to Europe? Yeah, if I had to guess which one they would go to Europe in. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure they go to Europe in Hobbs and Shaw, but I don't think that's what they would call this one. I, I'm guessing they'd go to Europe around the fifth movie. I'm going to say this is Fast Five. I'm sorry... This is not Fast Five. Wild Speed Euro Mission is Fast and Furious 6. Ah, so You're close. You're so close. Okay. We'll try again. What about Wild Speed X2? Wild Speed X2. Does this mean, like, the first movie times two, so it's the second movie? Mm-hmm. Or does it mean... Or is it like the reboot when they did Fast and Furious? Yeah, that's also what I was thinking, too. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say it's Too Fast, Too Furious. You're correct. It is Too Fast, Too Furious. So that's, you got one point so far. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Are you going to tell me all of them? Yeah, we're going through all, okay, so all that's of them. Out of 10 then, right? Yes. Okay, You've lost, so, you, wait, it's out of so nine because you don't get the first one. Okay. Okay. So I have one out of nine right now. Okay, yes. great. Okay. The next one we're going to see if you know is called Wild Speed Super Combo. This, oh my gosh, this has to be Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. You're correct. This is <laughs> yeah. Wild Speed Super, super Combo. combo <laughs> is Jason Statham and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Exactly. I mean, I couldn't argue for a better name for this duo. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw or Super Combo. Which one are you going to go see? Alright, your next one is called Wild Speed Jet Break. Which one do I feel like they use jets in? Did they use a jet before they went to Europe? Hmm. I think they did. I think this is Fast Five. Sorry, this is F9. 
Oh, then this is going to be the newest one. It's called Jet Break? Yes. Because remember in the trailer, they're appealing. in the rocket at the end. Uh, I guess. Okay. And very similar to Jet Break, this one's called Wild Speed Sky Mission. Well, this has to be the last one then. This is Fate of the Furious? I'm sorry, this is Furious 7. No! <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll make it a little easier. How about Wild Speed X3 colon Tokyo Drift? Okay, this is Fast Furious Tokyo Drift. Correct! Easy points, you got it. Ding, ding, ding. I um, like that for Japan, they just kept the name Tokyo Drift. <laughs> they get it. Um, okay, I think we have three left. Okay, and I think I've guessed all these already. <laughs> so we I have... I use passes of elimination in my head. Wild Speed Mega Max. Oh, gosh. Okay. I think, which ones have I not guessed? I don't think we've done Fast and Furious, and then I think I guessed Fast Five, but that's not that wasn't correct. And then I think I've guessed Fate of Furious, and that wasn't correct. I think Mega Max has to be Fast Five. You're correct. Wild Speed Mega Max <sighs> is Fast Thank Five. God. What about Wild Speed Max? No Mega this time. No Mega, so that has to be Fast and Furious. You're right. They went from Wild Speed Max and Fast and Furious Four. And then the next movie, so what, just Wild add a Mega. Wild Speed X2, Wild Speed X3, X3 Tokyo, Tokyo Drift, Drift. Wild, Wild Speed, Speed Max, Max. <laughs> Wild, Wild Speed Mega, Mega Max. Max. Okay. And then Wild Speed Euro Mission. Euro Mission. Okay. Okay, this last one. And then the jet, and then the, and then other the Sky jet, Mission. The Sky Mission. And then, well, you know the last one is because of process of elimination. Yes. So are you ready to know the title of Fate of the Furious yes. in Japan? Yes. It follows the mission structure. This one's called Wild Speed Oh, it doesn't. I was wrong. Sorry. This is called Wild Speed Icebreak. Oh. It's following the jet break. Oh, because they were in the Arctic in this one. I remember that. So, Icebreak sets up jet break. Ah, I see. Mm. Wow. Honestly, I would much rather enjoy, like, a Wild Speed film than a Fast I like Wild Speed, but some of these subtitles are not it. Maybe maybe I was wrong earlier. Maybe don't go with the subtitles if this is what you're coming up with. (laughs) Max. Super Max. Jet Break. Icebreak. This one's called F9 Jetbreak. No one's going to go see it. If it was called Fast and Furious colon Jetbreak. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Which one do you like better? You need the number in it. Like, it needs to be hmm. F9 something. So do you want them to keep the X, like X2, X3? No, I don't know why the X's are there. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't get it either. But we love you, Japan. Keep doing well, what I you're doing. I feel like I did well on that. I probably got you like, did. what, four of them right? I don't know. I stopped counting after I realized you can just use process of elimination. <laughs> but I think we had fun with it, and that's what really matters. That's all that matters. Well, all right. Let's keep moving forward. We got two more trailers to talk about. The next one is an upcoming Disney Pixar release that we've already mentioned previously in the episode. This is Luca coming to Disney Plus exclusively on June 18th. Directed by Enrico Casarosa, which he directed the La Luna short film from... Mm. Is this from Pixar? Yeah, it's or, a Pixar. Yeah. It's like where the two... Like, the dad brings his son to the moon and they, like, sweep the moon to, like, change it from, like, a full moon to a crescent I think it was in front of Brave. Maybe. But they um, have a game at California Adventure. You can play it on the Pixar Pier, the La Luna game. And then... But uh, Enrico was also a storyboard artist on a bunch of other uh, Pixar films like Cars, oh, cool. Ratatouille, and Up. Um, this film features the voice talents of Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazier, Maya Rudolph, and Jim Gaffigan. Um, and it is a story embedded in the 
in a coastal town in Italy. And uh, Jacob Tremblay and Giant Tone Grazer voice two little sea monster boys. They're like Little Mermaid. That but... want to experience life on land. And it's not like Little Mermaid, though, because there's not like some big conflict to go do that. They just like go do it. And mm-hmm. then they like are just experiencing life on land, like kicking a soccer ball and riding a bicycle and like doing all this fun stuff on the shore. Um, but also having to navigate that if they get wet, they turn back into their sea monster appearance. Yes. So they're trying to like stay dry on land. It's kind of keep fun. their disguise. But again, like, honestly, I feel like this is true for almost all of the trailers on this episode. Like, I don't get a really heavy, like, plot outline from this trailer. It's a lot of just sort of, sort of the feel and the vibe and you get a little bits of the comedy and sort of the interaction between the characters and the overall, like, aesthetic of the town. But it's not telling you, like, oh... Like, I'm sure once we get to it, like, in the theater, it'll be like, we have to do this thing by this time or else this will happen. Like, some very clear, like, plot device. Mm-hmm. But they're not giving us that in the trailer. It's just more about, like, see how fun this could be to live an Italian coastal life as a sea monster on land. <laughs> well, they have to hide from the dad of their friend. That's true. Their friend's dad is, like... A fisherman. Yeah. So it's not, like, a horrible, like job like an evil person does this no but they're fish so but it's just terrifying. based on their yeah <laughs> their context i guess so like if you ran into this guy he'd probably be a lovely man super nice but dude. if you were a fish monster in disguise no <laughs> thank just you, the worst thing you <laughs> well it's funny i don't know now i'm starting to draw all these comparisons between little mermaid because that's literally also like a part of Lamo- little oh, mermaid the, the or, chef man with yeah Sebastian. Les Poussons, Les Poussons. exactly well, I think it looks a lot of fun. The colors are bright and vibrant. The animation, like, it's interesting. It's very stylistic. Like, the characters are curved and rounded, like, very soft-looking and, like, huggable, basically. Yeah. Um, and they remind me of the La Luna short. Yeah, like. it's very distinct. I think you can tell this is a style from Casa Rosa. And I think, also, like, you could just tell this is, again, sort of a love letter to, like, this culture and this, like, uh, community a little bit more. Yeah. Just like in the Heights. Who knew we'd make that connection? Not me. Um, But this looks really fun, and I would have loved to see it on the big screen. But, I mean, we're getting it on Disney+, Plus, so it is what it is. And, I mean, like, my TV's 4K resolution. It'll look nice on my TV. I mean, I I, I only have 1080p, but it's bigger than your (laughs) TV, so there's a trade-off. There's a balance. But, yeah, I'm excited to see this. I'll probably stream it the week it comes out. Um... It's Pixar, you know, it's going to be great. It looks like a lot of fun. The colors look great. I'm excited for this guy's directorial debut. I really liked his short. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think the, like, fun parts of it are, like, just a little, like, nods to, like, Italian culture that you get. Like, the guy that really cares about his Vespa. Or, like, what they do with, like, the Italian, like, grandmothers on the street and stuff like that. Like, sort of these little nods to this culture that... I, I'm assuming by the first name that, like, this director, like, grew up with at least elements of that culture. Exactly. Um, and I think it'll be fun to sort of see how that's, like, incorporated into the film. Like, it's always fun when, when Pixar does these, like, fantastical settings, like, you know, Radiator Springs or um, the community in Onward, like, making this up out of thin air. But it's also really cool to see that intersect with, like, a real-life culture and setting yes. such as this. Like, they're taking fantastical sea monsters and putting them embedding them into like a very mm-hmm. real culture of these like coastal towns yeah. and now that you mention it, it kind of does feel like the idea of what they were trying to go for in cars was like the real life route 66 but like what if cars were alive but this seems like way better and i'm more excited to see 
the fish people explore Italy. Yeah, or Ratatouille was like, what if we had a rat exploring like the actual like cooking world of Paris and exactly. the culinary world of France, right? Um, but the tone of this looks a little lighter than Ratatouille. I think so too. Yeah, Ratatouille seems like it's more of a like mature film, but this one seems like it's going to be a fun adventure through. Are you laughing because I called the rat movie mature? <laughs> yeah, it's literally about a cooking fucking rat but that pulls a kid's hair under his chef's hat to make him move his arms and cook food. It's so it's good, though. It's G. It's so good. <laughs> I think this will be good, too. I'm excited for this. Me, too. And the last trailer on oh, the docket we're today. we're already at the we're end. We're already nearing the end. But... As it is, so it must be. Say la vie. <laughs> this is the trailer for Zola, uh, a 24 film coming out on June 30th, directed by Janiza Bravo, who is a TV director and directed episodes of the series Forever, as well as Atlanta. Wait, is that Forever? Is that like the, the Fred one Armis season? and Maya Rudolph one. Oh, okay. Because yeah, there was another um, show on ABC called Forever, and it was like one season long, and it starred the dude who used to play Mr. Fantastic. Like in the 2000s Oh, no, movies. no. This is from the... This is like an Amazon original. Okay. You... But it's also only one season. Oh, did it not make a second season? No, I think it was like intended to just be like... Oh, so a it's little... a mini series. But it wasn't like... I think they were like leaving it open, but I think they're not going to make any more of it. Like okay, they were just okay. kind of like, eh. And is this a director... Is she like... I don't know if you know this, but is she like the main director? Like sometimes no, shows have like... just done uh, like main... Or is it like it. a guest director kind of thing? I... I think she was just a guest director. Okay, but this is her directorial debut. This, yeah, for a feature, uh, feature film. film. Yes. So that's cool. Um, it stars Taylor Page, Riley Coig, Nicholas Braun, and Coleman Domingo. And this movie looks like it's... Uh, you were telling me that it all sparked off from this Twitter thread where someone was explaining the story, like telling their life story. Um, it looks like there are these two young females, and they're trying to make a lot of money. One says, hey, I know stripping gets us a lot of money so they go and try that out but it turns out that there's like this dark underbelly to that and it's not just stripping it's actual sex work and maybe the other person didn't want to sign up for this and maybe people are being violent and maybe we have to worry about money it looks like hustlers but for millennials and also way darker yeah that's exactly how i was going to describe it too um there's also this weird play it's kind of like also like the the very like quick kinship between like ladies that come from the exotic dancing world like these two women meet very quickly and they become like really good friends and decide to do this without knowing that much about each other and so then it's like oh like there's multiple scenes where it's like i didn't know you were like this i didn't know this was what this trip was going to be like like this vast unraveling of there's so much baggage that you've brought into my life now that i thought we were just gonna like go on a road trip and dance in strip clubs you know what i mean and now there's like so much more um, behind that than I expected there to be. And also, like, Nicholas Braun, who plays Cousin Greg on Succession, is there just, like, being his goofy, like, white-ass self, which is just so but funny But he's, to like, me. trying to be gangster. Yeah, exactly. Movie. Well, and I think this is also something, like, first of all, there's a lot of, like, critic quotes that play over the trailer, and it seems like there's elements of, like, this black comedy that, like, come to the surface because people call it, like, hilarious, but also, like thrilling yeah and it's it like threw me off how a does bit. this happen um but i think part of that is it's this like sort of meta critique on these types of relationships and friendships because you have like nicholas brown and also riley keogh's character who's also white like speaking very much with like the aave like inflection and using the type of like slang and stuff even though like they're white and you just have taylor page's character kind of sitting there wide-eyed like is this really how these people are going to interact with me <laughs> like yeah <laughs> 
even though they're white and they're speaking as if they're black, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's, again, like, it's very much for the millennial, like, Gen Z audience that sort of comes from this, like, Twitter culture. Maybe it's folks that have, that saw that thread when it went viral. Maybe it's people that have just heard about it, like, through the sort of, like, whatever oral or, like, written tradition of Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, I think Soul's account's still up. There's been a bunch of, like, other, like, you know, Atlantic pieces written about it and stuff like that so i think you can go and you can go find the original thread if you want to go back through and read it but apparently it's just like hundreds and hundreds of tweets in a row of like all this unraveling that happened over the course of this road trip that we said we were just gonna go on a road trip and dance and make a lot of money together and all of a sudden like i'm being like held at gunpoint by a violent pimp at some random motel in florida like how do you get from point a to point b it feels very much like that sort of like record scratch so you're wondering how i got here <laughs> like that well, they kind of say that at the approach. beginning i think she's reading like the narration is from the tweet it's like so you want to know how this girl ruined my life yeah kind of thing but it's a long story but here we go and like it's interesting just to think like comparing it to hustlers again that was like based on a new yorker article about like a real life thing this is based on a twitter thread based on a real life thing so it's like the generational change, like not just like of age and like, like culture, to, but like also like the way we yeah. consume narratives or the way we consume news stories. hundred percent. Like early on, like adapted films came from like real world events that you'd hear reported on the news or like works of literature or plays. And then it became like, Oh, we're going to adapt these from, yeah, these breaking articles and news reports like, uh, the big short or like hustlers. Mm-hmm. And now it's, Hey, you want to make a movie based on that like 180 tweet thread that that one girl put up and went viral? Like, I love that we're reaching that point of consciousness in our society where it's like, yeah, there's a new, there's so many new avenues for us to like be mm-hmm. able to like receive narratives and then take those and do new things with them. I think it's really fun. Okay. Next, we're gonna get a movie based on an Instagram infographic. Yes, you'll be Can't very wait. excited. <laughs> but um, as you were saying we're getting these new sources of information and new sources of like narratives that we can turn into movies. So I thought it would be fun if we blind pitched a movie based on a viral social media moment. So what I mean by this is I give you a viral social media moment that happened in the past like couple years. And then on the spot, you have to pitch me a movie just based on that moment. And we do it vice versa. And then we see which movie we think we would rather watch. Does right. this sound acceptable in your eyes? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Tyler, for the movie I would like you to pitch, um, I would like to see a movie based on 30 to 50 wild feral hogs. Oh my gosh. All right, so the backstory of this was like something about like, this happened in the US, right? Yeah, like, no, it was like a, someone was like, we need to like ban assault rifles and the guy's like, how am I supposed to kill 30 to 50 wild hogs yeah. while my kids are playing <laughs> if I don't have my assault rifle? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so this film, we're doing, like, a very dark, like, almost, like, Stephen King-esque adaptation, where it's, like, a very small, like, rural town, like, some, like Midwestern, like, Great Plains America, and all of a sudden, like, this town is just bombarded by 30 to 50 wild hogs. They never give an exact number. It's just 30 <laughs> to 50. Like, that's, you just get the, like, a little snippet of just, like, the Chiron on the news report in the background, and that's it. And you would think, oh, this Midwestern town, you know, few hogs, that's not a big deal. But what you don't know is these hogs are being fueled by a government chemical on, <laughs> on the remote base. And they are super hogs. Super hogs. And all of a sudden these folks just start, you know, wrecking this town. And we get some, you know, generic white guy lead like Mark Wahlberg or something to like 
protect his family and, like, have to, like, navigate this town and get supplies. Like, it's kind of like the opening scene of, like, Quiet Place Part 2. Okay. But if, like, instead of these, like, very cool echolocating blind monsters, it's 30 to 50 wild feral hogs. Is this movie, like, a conspiracy movie? Like, the Bourne movies where he has to, like, get his way to the top? Like, who made the hogs? Yeah, who made the hogs? And he has to take out the head hog. Oh, Mr. Pig himself. Yeah, and it turns out the, the leaders of the government are actually also hogs. Oh, like the lizard people, yeah. but they're hog people. Yes. Wow, I love it. It definitely seems like something that would go straight to Netflix. Yeah, and then the sequel of the film is, of course, going to be like 300 to 500 wild feral hogs. Oh. So it's like the 28 days later, 28 weeks later, like with every sequel, we just keep doubling down on the amount of wild feral hogs. Wow, at that point, it feels like it's, uh, you know, not... Uh, responsible to know the like just about how many. I feel like you need to know exactly how many because three hundred to five hundred. That's a way bigger range than thirty to fifty. But hey, we're not responsible here. We're just here to shoot the guns and shoot the hogs in charge. I'm into it. I am too. I'm, I could, I feel like it also could be like with a more like Sharknado twist. Like I know this is a ridiculous premise, but like we're still making this movie. So kind of like tongue in cheek. Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. All right. Well, that's my that's my pitch for our viral social media moment. Okay. Film. However, I do want to hear what you have to say. The viral social media moment that I would like for you to pitch me a film about is, of course, when on May thirty first, twenty seventeen, just after midnight, President Donald Trump tweeted despite the constant negative press kofefe okay so we're doing what's the kofefe movie about ryan all right do i have to include donald trump or can i just use the word kofefe it has to be about the kofefe tweet scandal okay okay so we got donald trump but we're not getting like alec baldwin to come back it's been done instead we're getting new trump this trump is gonna be played by um john lithgow john okay, love it he's there and like a more prestige take on it. It's yes. not for the comedy. It's for like it's for the, the prestige. dramatic role. And we need to delve deep into it. So the movie starts and it's like, you know, when you have a quote on the screen, they put up the tweet and it's in like black or it's all black screen with white letters. And then it says Kafefe. Then the Kafefe turns red. We zoom in and we meet our main character. Who's not John Lithgow, Donald Trump. It's a young investigator. This young investigator is played by Wyatt Russell. He needs to figure out what Kafefe means. He's getting to the bottom of it. It's a gritty, realistic, uh, like uncovering conspiracies. It goes deeper and deeper. He finds out all of the crimes and all of the heinous acts committed by Trump and the Trump Foundation and anyone related to Donald Trump, but he still can't understand Kafefe. It keeps him up at night. He starts going mad. And this movie isn't actually about what the tweet is or what happened. It's about this man, Wyatt Russell, slowly going insane as he tries to understand the words of a crazed lunatic that once was our president. Wow, I love it. I love this because you could also just go with a totally like abandoned hope ending where it's like, why just descends further and further into madness until like and ends up like meeting his own demise and then just like just after that happens we just find out Kofefe was just a typo like, he like he's descended so phone. far like intending it to be like some big reveal and like meets his end doing so and then it's just like oh it was just an accident like, exactly. <laughs> I mean we could have Wyatt Russell think 
Maybe it's an anagram. C-V-F-F-E. I don't know how it's spelled. <laughs> and he looks deeper into it and he gets involved with the QAnon people. And he goes into crazier madness. Oh my and God. he starts thinking, maybe if I join... Oh, that's this- another take, too. <laughs> it doesn't have to be from the investigative standpoint, but like... The like the loyal theorists? like the loyalists to Trump trying to decipher they the message. It? Yeah, interesting. No, I don't want to. Or you do both back and forth. Oh, like you. I like bisect that. It, and each of them are getting more and more entrenched in their own conspiracies. And Meanwhile, just they're both deciphering just the same like random typo. Wow, I love it. Wow. And then you have the B plot, which is like the crazy like succession esque like uh, interaction of the like publicity team within the White House trying to. How cover are we gonna it spin up. this? Yeah. Oh, that could be really fun. Wow. I like this a lot more. Just cut the hogs. <laughs> we'll pass on the hogs. Give me the Kopefe film. Well, I didn't think when you gave me a Trump viral moment that I would be wanting this movie more. <laughs> I mean, I'd still the watch the The thing is, is you can make movie. this movie without even like having Trump in it. You no. don't even have to have the character. Like, he's full-on tweeted that, like, taking a shit in the middle <laughs> of the night, and then it went back to bed. He can just be asleep, and it's about the rest of the oh, world wow. responding to it. And you never even it see It all him. takes place in one you night? You never even reference him. You could bleep his fucking name every time. Like, it doesn't Ooh. even happen. Who knows? There's lots of ways you could do it. Okay, Hollywood. I've changed Give my mind. Give me the Kofefilm. <laughs> We're not going to get the Kofefilm film until, like, a couple years later, because we didn't get the Vice uh, Dick Cheney movie <laughs> until, like, the end of the next two president so in about 12 years i need to see the cafe film yeah give it to me um <laughs> what if it's like a limit one miranda thing where trump says if you want to make the cafe film you have to make this other film on one of my earlier tweets first oh my god the one where i told robert pattinson that he's too good for Kristen stewart <laughs> wow do you remember that that was yes, the thing I that our former that. president tweeted before he was president crazy hey. times in america well, that's it for today's episode of Preview Review, Ryan. Did you have fun? I did. But before we leave, I need to know, Tyler, which film... No, no, no. I do this part. Okay, fine. I've done this part every time. Well, it's I was been... worried you were going to forget. I wasn't going to forget. I was leading up to it. I thought you I've were done just going to 37 tell. times in a fucking row, and I'm not giving it up at this point. I think I said it once. I think you did forget once. Well, we, we've forgotten before, but I normally say it, so I'm going to say it. Okay. Ryan, okay. before we go, I need to know... What film that we talked about today are you most excited to see? And which trailer that we talked about today was your favorite? Let's see. I think the film that I'm most excited to see, and honestly the film that I think has the best trailer, I think they're the same one. I'm putting both my horses in the heights. Both of them back in this vibrant dream musical. I'm excited to go see a big Broadway musical, Hollywoodized. I haven't done it in a while. I'm hype. Um... Yeah, I fully agree. I think In the Heights is the movie that I'm most excited to see. However, I'm going to throw a point for best trailer over to Zola. I really love the trailer. I think it like is just fun and sort of you get to see like how quickly the story is going to devolve like from this meeting this random girl to like all of a sudden being threatened with a gun in the middle of like some random motel. Um I'm really excited to see that movie too, but In the Heights definitely takes the cake. So Congrats, John M. Chu and Lemuel and others. Anthony Ramos, um, Universal yeah. Pictures, yeah. all of Congrats the above. Congrats, Universal Pictures, for the like assured millions of dollars that you're going to make from this film. It's true. And, well, Universal's also, they're a double winner. They're making F9. Wow. It's the summer of Universal. Wow. Which just means that it's the summer of Universal for us, too. We We're gotta, going back to Waterworld. We got to go back to Uni Studs. Did you see the minion burned? Yes, I saw that. <laughs> Did you see the... 
conspiracy on TikTok? What the? Because it was 13 years after the, to the day Kong. of the last. I haven't seen like any conspiracy, but I heard about that this was like a weird like. Yeah, arse. the last time a building caught fire in Universal Studios was the King Kong ride, and it was 13 years to the day that the Minions ride caught fire. Exactly. It was barely though. It was like at 11:59. Like yeah. So close. It was almost not that day. Wow. But, well. Also, how does the Minion ride catch on fire? In the middle of the night. There's like so be... many other pyrotechnics that happen in other places at Universal Studios. Like, why Minions? Maybe that's where they store the pyrotechnics. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, this <laughs> is our next way. pitch film. How did the Minions burn? Yes. Well, um, we have. Yeah, that was a viral social media moment. But you have to send it in to us. We're going to have to wait a little while longer. I need you all, the listeners, yeah, to listeners, tell me. Tell us if you have other viral social media moments that should be made into good films. Or if you have a good pitch for how the Minions burned the movie. Yes. Instead of Minions Rising How the through. Minions Burned, the movie. I love it. <laughs> All right, well, thanks everyone for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Preview Review. Uh, have a great night. Or Get day. vaccinated. Whenever you're listening to this. Amen. Bye. Bye.